Welcome to Discovering You with your hosts, Harmony Patton and Sherry Matthews. Harmony is a professional dancer, an online fitness and health coach, the founder of The Paleo Ballerina, and the creator of the Eat for Acne Meal Plan and Detox Protocol. Sherry is an online fitness and health coach, a yoga and meditation teacher, and spiritual rock star. She's the founder of Live Free with Sherry, the creator of Discover Your Zen, and the Miracle Mindset Kickstart. Together, Harmony and Sherry will answer your questions and discuss a wide range of topics from wellness to nutrition, spirituality, mindfulness, self-love, and so much more. Welcome to Discovering You Podcast. Today we have another in our 10 in 10 series for you, and we're going to be giving you 10 principles of intuitive eating. Hello, everybody. Welcome. So number one, reject the diet mentality. This is so important. Throw out the diet books and magazine articles that offer, offer you false hope of losing weight quickly, easily, easily, and permanently. Get angry at the lies that have led you to feel as if you were a failure every time a new diet stopped working and you gained back all of the weight. If you allow even one small hope to linger that a new and better diet might be lurking around the corner, it will prevent you from being free to rediscover intuitive eating. This is really such a great point. Don't get me wrong. I love cookbooks. I like to follow certain guides because for me, it's accountability, but I don't live through a diet mentality mindset. And I think it's just having fun with your food, learning to explore what works for your body. Every single one of us are different, but you have to lose the diet mentality because it's not a quick fix. Fueling your body with healthy food and paying attention to your nutrition should just be a daily part of your life versus... Uh, I'm going to go on a diet and lose 10 pounds. Right. And I feel like diets are more associated with like restriction. Exactly. As opposed to intuitive eating where you're like listening to your body. Exactly. And fueling yourself. Okay. Number two, honor your hunger. Keep your body biologically fed with adequate energy and carbohydrates. Otherwise, you can trigger, trigger sorry, a primal drive to overeat. Once you reach the moment of excessive hunger... All intentions of moderate, conscious eating are fleeting and irrelevant. Learning to honor this first biological signal sets the stage for rebuilding trust with yourself and food. So it's true, like we are told, and I think especially if you're following a diet, and if it's a crash diet of any sort, you get this pang of hunger and you're like, okay, let me let me ignore this. I need to ignore this. What can I do to ignore this longer mm. so I don't have to eat yet? And especially anyone that struggled with eating disorders, you know, it's almost like you come to like the feeling of being hungry, as twisted as that is. If anyone that's listening to this has ever had an eating disorder at all, you do. It's like, you're hungry and it makes you feel good because you're like, yeah, I'm not eating. I'm going to mm. get skinnier. Like, I'm making myself skinnier right now because I'm feeling hungry and I'm not eating. Yeah. It's like, it's really a messed up mentality that we get into. And it's like, if your body's telling you that you're hungry, yes, sometimes the signals get crossed. Maybe you're just thirsty. Do try drinking water. Yeah, staying hydrated is huge. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But at the same time, like, don't deny yourself some healthy food when you're hungry. Exactly. It's such a great point. Number three, make peace with your food. Call a truce. Stop the food fight. Give yourself unconditional permission to eat. If you tell yourself that you can't or shouldn't have a particular food, 
It can lead to an intense feeling of deprivation that build into uncontrollable cravings and often binging. So you were just talking about this. Yep. When you finally give in to your forbidden food, eating will be experienced with such intensity. It usually results in the last supper overeating and overwhelming guilt. And I know I have been there before when I'm, you know, trying not to have something or, mm-hmm. you know, I, I don't think I should. And then when I finally get my hands on it, it's like game on. It's like yep. opening a bag of, you know, whatever, popcorn, this and that. Just, yeah. And then you just can't stop. And oftentimes it's like you're not even enjoying it. Exactly. Like you eat it and you're like, this doesn't taste as good as what I imagined. This isn't even really what I've been craving. And you still just sit there and eat the whole bag. Yeah. That's, it's a weird, it's a weird feeling. I'm sure, you know, listener, I'm sure you guys have experienced that as well. If you're listening to this, uh, you know, and it's, um, yeah. Yeah. We we have to be mindful, right? (laughs) Yeah. Big time. Big time. Four, challenge the food police. Scream aloud no to thoughts in your head that declare you're good for eating minimal calories or bad because you ate a piece of chocolate cake. The food police monitor the unreasonable rules that dieting has created. The police station is housed deep in your psyche and its loudspeaker shouts negative barbs, hopeless phrases, and guilt-provoking indicaments. Chasing the food police away is a critical step in returning to intuitive eating. So this is really spot on with what I was saying about, you know, like ignoring your hunger. And when you get that feeling, like feeling good about it because it's like, yeah, I'm hungry and I'm not eating. So I'm getting skinny. Um, And that goes along with this so much. And that's actually why I really hate the word cheat or like cheat meal when it comes to food. Because it's like, it's not a cheat. It's... It should be a decision like, okay, today I want to have a gluten-free cookie, so I'm going to let myself have a gluten-free cookie. You're not cheating on anything. Mm -hmm. You're not in a relationship with food. Yeah. Right? You know? It's so true. uh, Anyway, so it's just there's no reason to be sitting here and, like, judging yourself or other people, for that matter, for their food decisions. Yes, like trying to help people make the most healthful decisions for themselves, that's great, and trying to help yourself as well, but the judgment's got to go. Yeah, it's so true. Number five, respect your fullness. Listen for the body signals that tell you you are no longer hungry. Observe the signs that show that you're comfortably full. Pause in the middle of a meal or food and ask yourself how the food tastes and what is your current fullness level. So one of the things that I actually started doing probably over the past five years, because it's funny, when I was younger, I worked in the restaurant industry for 10 years. And, you know, hustle and bustle, and you're always go, 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 so you're always eating on the run. So I just learned at a very young age to eat quick, scarf my food, and then just get back and go, go, go. And even with today's cycle of uh, people that have children, and, you know, it's like you're shuffling kids to this sport, that sport, everybody's going through drive throughs it's rush, 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 rush. So once you get that habit, you know, once that becomes a habit for you to eat quickly, I had to really make a conscious decision when I eat now, I take a bite of my food, I set my fork down, I pay attention to chewing my food because we all know that digestion starts in our saliva, it starts in our mouth. And um, and then, you know, once I'm done with that, then I pick my fork up again. But just setting your fork down while you're chewing is huge because if not, I'm so good at shoveling. Like I can mm-hmm. wolf down a meal like nobody's business. Yep. But... Um, you know, I, I just love that. And then when you do take time to set the fork down, you chew slower, you get full quicker. 
It is true. It's, mean, it's crazy. It's crazy. And I mean, I can <laughs> eat a lot and I eat super fast. Like I do. I'm not even going to lie. But like it makes such a huge difference. It does. It really does. <laughs> it's a tough one for me. <laughs> Number six, discover the satisfaction factor. The Japanese have the wisdom to promote pleasure as one of their goals of living, of healthy living in our fury to be thin and healthy. We often overlook one of the most basic gifts of existence, the pleasure and satisfaction that can be found in the eating experience. When you eat what you really want in an environment that is inviting and conductive to the pleasure you derive will be powerful, will be a powerful force in helping you feel satisfied and content. By providing this experience for yourself, you will find that it takes much less food to decide you've had enough. I'm sorry, I read that super strangely. But I think the point came across. This is exactly what we were just talking about. Um, and it's even one of those things when you eat, yes, taking the time to set down your fork, but also turning off distractions mm -hmm. while you eat. So not staring at your phone while you eat, not watching the TV while you eat, not scrolling Facebook or Instagram. And I mean, it's okay to take a picture with of your food with your phone, but then set it down, put it away. Don't get distracted while you eat. Concentrate on what you're doing. Mm -hmm. You know, concentrate on the food. And as you're, if you eat meat, if you're a meat eater like I am, you know, be thankful and grateful that an animal gave its life to give you the meat that you're eating that's fueling your body that you're enjoying the flavor of. Yes. Um, not only does that give you the satisfaction like we were talking about, you get full faster, but it also helps your digestion because your body is focused on doing one thing. It's focused on digesting that food and just having the right mindset behind eating. It's so important and it's one of those things so many people overlook. Oh, They're yeah. just like, oh, I'm eating all of the right foods. I'm going to sit here and I'm going to shovel sweet potatoes down my throat and sauerkraut and beef. And, like, you know, they just get so hung up on the rules and the nitty-gritty of things instead of concentrating on the real purpose behind it. Absolutely. And the other thing with that, too, is making your meal an experience. So even mm -hmm. if you're getting carryout, no matter what it is, maybe you had Chinese food or you picked a Vietnamese food or, or whatever it is, um, mm -hmm. Don't eat out of a box. So take your food home and put it on a plate. Like, plate yes. your food nicely. You know, they even talk about the colors of your plates makes a big difference in how your senses appeal to what it is that you're doing and what you're eating. But make an experience out of your meals. And you'll really see that, um, you know, taking it out of the box, putting it on a plate, you'll, the, 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 the satisfaction yes. is, is um, it's so much more there versus, you know, eating out of a little cardboard box right. with some chopsticks. With some, like, wooden chopsticks. <laughs> That you're going to put in the trash. <laughs> Number seven, honor your feelings without using food. Five, find ways to comfort, nurture, distract, and resolve your issues without using food. I'm so guilty of this. <laughs> Anxiety, loneliness, boredom, anger are emotions we all experience throughout life. Each has its own trigger and each has its own appeasement. Food won't fix any of these feelings. It may, it may comfort for the short term, distract from the pain, or even numb you into a food hangover, but food won't solve the problem. If anything, eating for an emotional hunger will only make you feel worse in the long run. You ultimately have to deal with the source of the emotion as well as the discomfort of the overeating. I, I mean, I've been doing this my whole entire life. Me because too. 
I think I was just always raised around a ton of food. Everything always revolved around food. And then as I started to get older, now it's really just a comfort thing for me. Mm -hmm. So I, I eat for every emotion, whether I'm happy, whether it's a get together, a celebration, I have anxiety, I'm angry. That's the first thing I turn to where yeah. it should be breathing, meditating, going for a walk, doing some yoga. Right. I'm like, bring on the food. I'm going to try to keep it healthy as possible, but it's all about the food. Yep. And yep. That's, that's, that's me having to do my work. Right, and I mean, I think so many of us are guilty of that. It's like something bad happened. Oh my God, where's my cake? Where's my chocolate? I had a moment like that a couple months ago where something bad happened. I don't remember what, but I was like, oh, and I was like, I have no chocolate in the house. I'm doing a sugar detox. I can't eat sugar right now. This is the worst thing ever. It's so it's, true. It's kind of, I mean, it's sad a little bit, like that attachment. Yeah, if anybody listening can relate to that, definitely message us. We would like to hear your story and right? feel free to share because this this one's really no joke. Seriously. <laughs> Seriously. That is like a real attachment that goes on right there. And tell us your favorite go-to when you're feeling angry, bored, anxious. Yes. And we, I, I would love to hear. Yeah. For me, it's wine and chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> Number eight, respect your body. Accept your genetic blueprint. Just as a person with a shoe size of 8 would not expect to realistically squeeze into a size 6, it is equally as futile and uncomfortable to have the same expectation with body size. But mostly, respect your body so you can feel better about who you are. It's hard to reject the diet mentality if you are unrealistic and overly critical about your body shape. This is a tough one, and it's one I definitely have struggled with. I struggled with for a very long time because I'm very flat-chested, and I have bigger hips, butt area, and I always wanted the exact opposite. Like, I always wanted big boobs, and I wanted, like, really little hips. <laughs> and I'm not saying, like, I'm not a big person. I'm not saying that, but even so, like, my bones are where they are. They're not going to move. Um... <laughs> So there's still, to a point, like, I had to come to accept, like, okay, I have hips. I have an ass. It's okay. I'm going to be all right. It's okay to, to have some thighs <laughs> and that my boobs are not, they're never going to be ginormous unless I get fake ones. But <laughs> on their own, they're never just going to be ginormous because that's not my body type. And I really struggled with it for a while, but it's a conscious decision. It's a choice you have to make to accept yourself the way that you are. And then work with what you have and try to create the best version of it that you can. Definitely. Because I think all day long, I'll take my itty-bitty titty committee and have a, a big round right. booty. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you have straight hair, you want curly hair. Yep. You have blonde hair, you want brown hair. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And it's like when I lived in Korea for forever... Everyone always complimented me on my pale skin, and I'm like, I don't want my skin to be pale, all right? Although, I mean, I do actually tan really well, but that's completely besides the point. <laughs> Number nine, exercise, feel the difference. Forget militant exercise. Just get active and feel the difference. Shift your focus to how it feels to move your body rather than the calorie-burning effect of exercise. If you focus on how you feel from working out, such as energized, it can make the difference between rolling out of bed for a brisk morning walk or hitting the snooze alarm. If when you wake up, your only goal is to lose weight, it's usually not a motivating factor in that moment of time. 
And especially Harmon and I being Beachbody coaches, I mean, this is so true. And I think that's what we love about it is that even for her and I, there's different programs that we like. Um, but outside of that, she's a ballerina, a professional ballerina, dancer. You know, I love, I teach yoga. And it's just really finding things that motivate you, that get you excited, that make your body feel great. So you have fun with your workouts or your walks or your hikes, whatever it might be. Exercise shouldn't be something that we dread. It should be something that is fun and that does motivate us. So true. And when you really find an exercise that resonates with you, you do get excited to do mm-hmm. it. Like today I have a rest day and I'm sad about it. I'm like, I want to work out. I want to do my hammer and chisel. <laughs> I never thought that would be the case, but you know, exactly. it'll surprise you when you really find the right thing. And last but not least, number 10, honor your health. Gentle nutrition Make food choices that honor your health and taste buds while making you feel well. Remember that you don't have to eat a perfect diet to be healthy. You will not suddenly get a nutrient deficiency or gain weight from one snack, one meal, or one day of eating. It's what you eat consistently over time that matters. Progress, not perfection, is what counts. Ding, ding, ding. Um, I love that so much. That... That is what I preach all the time. And yes, there are time periods where I think it can be beneficial to do, you know, strict, like two weeks, like if you're doing an elimination diet to try to figure out what's irritating you, you know, there are benefits to doing short time periods of elimination diets or, you know, sugar detoxes or like a whole 30, things like that. But for the most part, it's about your daily life after that what do you do and eat every single day how are you nourishing your body what are you putting into your body that's part of why I love Shakeology so much is just because we get that daily dose of nutrition every single day and there's so many nutrients in there that we just get every day automatically just by drinking our shake it's like we just don't even have to worry about it um and it's one of the best ways that we can honor our bodies. We're giving ourselves a ton of nutrients. Exactly. And taking the stress out of it at the same time. Exactly. So, yeah, I mean, progress, not perfection. There's no need to be perfect. It's like we were talking about earlier, you know, it's not a cheat. Like, deciding to eat something that's quote-unquote off-plan or maybe not paleo or not raw or not vegan or whatever it is that you're doing, you're you're not going to keel over and die. Everything's going to be all right. Exactly. (laughs) Listen to your body and don't feel like you're restricting yourself. It's more about living your life for health and for nourishing yourself and honoring your body and loving your body. And if you are doing that, you're not going to want to eat junk and shitty food all day because that's not honoring your body or nourishing it. And I think also it's, it's very easy to get overwhelmed out there today and in today's society with so many different food plans and cookbooks and, you know, vegan, vegetarian, paleo, you know, no sugar. I mean, you name it. And I'm a big believer in trying things. I love to try different things to see how it makes my body feel. But at the end of the day, I mean, we don't all necessarily have an intolerance to something that we have to give up. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where... things get lost in translation because you know for you you can't have gluten so you don't have it but for someone that you work with might be able to have it 
so you can encourage them to maybe not try it, but you know, but it's teaching people not to right. get hung up in what everybody else is doing. Right, right, right. So they don't lose sight of, you know, Absolutely. what makes them feel good and healthy. Absolutely. And more so, you know, with things like dairy, because, like, I really can't tolerate dairy, but if they're eating really good quality, like, raw, grass-fed dairy, and if someone can eat that and drink it and be 100% fine, then by all means, go for it. Get the nutrients. Like, gluten is inflammatory anyway, anyway yeah. so, like, it's not a health food, so I honestly think that if someone is going to eat gluten, it should be as an occasional thing. It should be as a treat, just because it's not healthy, just like sugar and, you know, mm-hmm. whatever else. Not that everyone has to be living a gluten-free diet, and a gluten-free diet isn't necessarily healthy. If you're just buying gluten-free products, there's so much processed crap mm-hmm. in 99% of gluten-free products. Like, I won't buy the majority of them. There's very, very few that I'll buy, and when I do buy them, it's, again, not as a quote-unquote cheat, but it's like an off-plan meal. Like, okay, I'm going to let myself have this today yeah. as a treat for myself, but, again, it's I don't consider it healthy. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm like, you know, where you can't have dairy, I can't have dairy. Right. I just choose not to have dairy because I don't really enjoy it that much, but if I am going to have it, like you said, I'm going right. to take time to get the... The you good know, quality. The good quality cheeses. And I just, and I think that's where it's like finding a balance. So, exactly. you know, um, and even I do that sometimes. Sometimes I still have raw grass fed cheese. If I really want it, I'll make a paleo pizza, put some raw grass fed cheese on it if I want it. And even for me, and I'm sure maybe you experienced this, I mean, um, because I do like to try new things, or maybe I'm moving through certain things where I'm trying to, I don't know, maybe lose a little bit of weight or feel better or, you know, maybe I have to just shift something with with my food and my lifestyle. But even for me, being into this stuff for years, it still gets a little confusing sometimes or you get Mm -hmm. to a point you're just like, I don't even know what I want to do right now. Yeah. Yeah. There's so much information, (laughs) so much conflicting information. There's, there's really a lot out there. It can be very overwhelming. Um, So yeah, it's so, I honestly, I just feel like intuitive eating Mm-hmm. It's just so key. And this is something that I've been doing and been concentrating on personally. I just didn't know it was an actual thing until I found this website, intuitiveeating.com. Um, and it's just, you know, it's really so spot on. Just 100% about honoring your body and doing what works for you mm-hmm. in a healthful manner. And just also bringing that mindset into it. I mean, I, I think, you know, talking about putting the fork down and all that, but... Um, you know, over the years, I've really just tried to bring gratitude into every meal that I have, mm-hmm. no matter what it is that I'm eating, because I think it's just a luxury that, you know, we probably have all had in our life that, you know, I mean, knock on wood, I've never had to starve or fight for a meal. And, you know, at now I appreciate my food so much more, where it comes from, the source, you know, mm-hmm. um, where did I get it, who did I buy it from, you know, trying to buy as much organic as possible or supporting your local farmers. It's just bringing that awareness in that makes me enjoy my food even more, even though I struggle with the binge day or whatever it might be on these intuitive eating tips, I, you know, it's still coming back to just having that peace with your food and gratitude and just knowing that it's a gift to be able to eat the food that we can eat and enjoy the meals that we get to enjoy. Absolutely. Right. And it goes back to, again, progress, not Not perfection. perfection. Like I have days where I eat too much, where I binge my food and 
Like, it, you know, it happens. But mm-hmm. I think the key is not to associate guilt with that. Yeah. But to kind of just, like, bless it and release, move forward, and decide that you're going to do better with your next decision. Mm-hmm. You know? Just one decision at a time. Definitely. Definitely. So, well, yeah, I think that's it for today. A little over ten minutes. <laughs> just a tad. <laughs> Maybe just, like, this was a good as one long though. as ten minutes. Yeah, I... Hopefully, you guys don't feel like we went on too long, but... This is a really, really important topic topic, and just so crucial for anyone that's really just, I mean, for all of us, we all live in human bodies. We mm-hmm. all have to find ways to honor our bodies, and it's tough out there these days. It really is. There's so much convoluted information, and mm-hmm. it, it's hard. It really, really is. There's a lot of pressure, so... I hope that you enjoyed this very much, and um, as always, really, thank you so, so much for tuning in. We appreciate you guys, and we can't do this without you, so continue to listen, continue to engage, and we'll keep bringing you, you know, tips in our 10 in 10 series, as well as our full-blown podcasts. Um, And yeah, give us feedback. Tell us what you want to hear. Tell us if you want more 10 in 10 tips more of the longer podcasts, you know, just we're here for you guys. So we want to give you as much of ourselves as we can. Check us out on Facebook and Instagram at Discovering You Podcast. And then you can also email us, discoveringyoupodcast at gmail.com. Perfect. All right, everybody. Have a great day. That's it. Thanks, guys. Now a word from our sponsors. Need a storyteller? Look no further. Davina Speaks is eager and dedicated to bring your project to life. A theatrical degree paired with natural gifts, Davina is a voiceover talent established by Voices for All. Recordings are created in a private, at-home studio for fast, quality, and flexible productions. Davina Speaks upholds professional yet personal endeavors, thrilled to collaborate within your final input. Stop by davinaspeaks.com and send a message with Discovering You as the subject for a special discount.